0: The only constant in life is change. That's true, did you write that? Uh, no, but I'm sure someone smart did.
1: You are in a maze of twisty little
0: passages
1: all alike. Time to start a fire, crack open a can of Tab, and settle in for Founder Quest.
0: Speaking of Macs and stuff, software kind of being weird, my son, my younger son, over this week has been playing with Raspberry Pi again. And- Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he wanted to do some funky USB stuff. And he's like, I think I'll it, try it with the Pi." And so he's getting onto that. And, and then he's you know, coming to me with questions like, okay, how do I start up something on system boot? And I'm like, oh, well, let me introduce you to system D.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, Ben, yeah. you've been like waiting for this day. Haven't you <laughs> yes, yes I have, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's so great, I'm so glad. Did you buy your kayak yet? You said you were buying a kayak. No, I didn't buy the kayak yet. I almost bought the kayak, but I
0: decided against it because we had, you know, the expenses for, you know, working on the house and sending
1: oh, yeah. Addison off to
0: college and so on. So yeah, I hesitated. So I'm going to wait, maybe the summer, maybe this summer I'll get that kayak finally.
1: Yeah. That's the reason I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, I was like, oh, has Ben got his kayak yet? And then I was like, it's really cold to be kayaking. Do people kayak in this weather? <laughs> I mean, probably because it's Seattle and people are crazy, but. Well, just this week, some dude crashed his plane in a lake
0: nearby and a kayaker rescued him. So yes, kayakers apparently do paddle
1: out this time of year. Oh, well, thank goodness for these kayakers who want to be freezing, I guess. I know. Oh, they say that guy's bacon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today I think, well, so. Our studio listeners will know that Josh is not with us. He's had a big, a bad cold and yeah, we just haven't been able to, he hasn't gotten well in time to, to make this happen. So we're having another one of our Honey Badger Fireside chats, which is our branded marketing effort for when one of us is gone. And so it's just two of us kind of chatting. It's like everything is better when it's a branded marketing effort, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That little, that little trademark, that little um, TM sign. Right. That's like the salt, the salt in your cooking, you know. That's that's when you know you're getting a high quality podcast. Exactly. Like we looked up the Unicode character for that and everything. So today we're going to be talking about a number of things. They're all sort of loosely related. First, we're going to be talking about um, GitHub Student Developer Packs, which is this sort of marketing effort that I don't really know about, and so I'm going to use this as a chance to sort of ask Ben lots of probing questions and figure out what's going on. And um, since that's kind of like a a referral marketing type effort. I don't really know what the official type name is, it, is for it. We're we're maybe going to talk about other things like that we've done in the past. So, so what is the GitHub Student Developer Pack and what's uh, like why why have we uh, done that? GitHub started this a while back where they offer a
0: variety of products and services to students as part of an outreach thing. And we just recently started being involved in that because I think it's a good idea to get students familiar with our product. You know, it's the Microsoft strategy that they did way, way back in the day. Well, even Apple before them, right? You get the, you get students using your product and then as they grow up, they eventually buy your products, right? So I think Apple has been very successful in that in the education market. And then Microsoft came into the same thing. And then Google did that too with, with Chromebooks now. So Anywho, yeah. So the GitHub Student Developer Pack is is all about helping students get access to a variety of services and products to help them in their development. So GitHub's like, you know what? We should make uh, students better at developing stuff and give them tools to help them do so. And so you can go to their website and get all kinds of goodies if you happen to be a student.
1: So I study the blade. Does that count? Hmm. Well, maybe, but only if you happen
0: to have an email that will. You know, certify you as an actual student student okay
1: an email really
0: yeah yeah so they you know if you have a.edu email
1: address oh an email address yes. okay yes i'm sorry i was like so they think anybody who can use github can forge an email like,
0: <laughs> no they actually do some verification to make sure you're a legit student but once you can verify that you are uh, and if you don't have the .edu kind of email address If your school isn't cool enough for that, then you can like upload your student ID and presumably some human somewhere will look at that and say, oh, yeah, this is an actual student. And then flip the bit on your account that says this person is a student.
1: Awesome. So we've done various things like this in the past. And I think our thinking about these have changed a little bit. And this was maybe prompted by that, that Seth Godin course that you and Josh did. Like in the beginning, like I was really, you know, we were really looking for I don't know, we we're just kind of like tracking these efforts very seriously and being like, "Oh, okay, like how many people are signing up as a direct result of this versus like, but then, yeah, at some point we we're like, oh, this is just kind of like, like, these are students, like it's, this is, these are seeds, like we're planting for years to come. And there's literally no way we can tell. <laughs> There's no real direct way to, to track that, right? Is there? I mean, well,
0: yeah, you know, like you said, we in the early days were really interested in being able to track all the conversions and having you know, measurable results of all the efforts. And over time, we've gotten more comfortable with the idea of brand marketing and doing things that will pay off in the future. In this case, I think it's a bit of both because we do want our brand out there. We do want developers to be exposed to us early in their careers. But also we can track it pretty well because we are, of course, signing them up You know, with identifiers saying, oh, this person came from GitHub Student. So we know of the whatever, how many signups we have in a given week, how many of those are coming in through that offer. Over time, we'll be able to find out just how well that converts. Now, of course, in this case, the time horizon is a bit longer than our usual because our particular offer for the, the that pack is one year of free service. So <laughs> we'll have to wait a little bit to find out if they convert at all. But, um, you know, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Well, we can, Siri, remind me to check back on this in a year. So you mentioned tracking. So I assume that there's some sort of like development effort involved in setting this all up because it seems like this was, this wasn't just like going into Stripe and creating a coupon code, was it? Or was it more complex than that?
0: Yeah, that was a bit more complex than that. I mean, it did involve creating a coupon code in Stripe, so that's, that was a good start. But we did have to build a custom little app that the student can come through to get access to the offer. So what GitHub asks you to do as a partner in this scenario is to allow a user to come in. So the developer comes to your site, they click a button that says, I want to get this offer, and you ask them to log in via GitHub so you can find out who they are. And then you check with a GitHub private API whether this person is actually a student. And then that API tells you yes, no. If yes, then you allow them to come through and and claim that offer. And if not, you say, yeah, I'm sorry. You can't have this offer or whatever. So we had to build that little app. And when I say little app, I guess I should say micro app. It's actually, in our case, it's just a couple of serverless functions that run on AWS Lambda. And really all it does is like do a redirect to GitHub's OAuth. So it's very, very minimal, but uh, it was a little bit of code.
1: Yeah. And that's great. Like, I feel like if we're going to be attracting students, we really need to be using, you know, the trendy stuff. So like Lambda, like, like, I think that's, that's a good call on that. Totally. Yeah. They would see us using just Rails for that. And they'd be like, come on, man. What's that all about? Okay,
0: boomer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a boomer though. I get to say that. I, uh, yeah. That's true. Neither am I. Uh, you know, generation X is totally the best generation ever if we actually cared. Yeah. Right. I don't even really think I'm generation X. I think I'm like, I'm that sort of in between generation where I get to pick. So I pick millennial. Cool. That's cool. Because that means I'm younger and I will die less soon. (laughs) So we do
0: have a coupon and it's one thing that I'm still not sure I did the right way or right way. I mean, I'm not sure I did it the way that in the long term I'll be happy with because so the offer that we give is students can have a free year of our small plan. So we, you know, have a coupon that they can claim that puts them on our small plan and it's free. But the thing that I'm not sure about whether I actually did it in a way that I'll be happy with in the long term is they're on a normal small plan. And once that year is expired, then it'll act like they've just gone a year without paying us. Like the normal trial stuff isn't really in place. So I'm going to have to build something, I think, in about, I don't know, 10 months or so when these guys come to that does some smartness, like checking on their coupon or checking on their referral source and then sends them a special onboarding kind of campaign. Like, hey, we noticed you've been enjoying Honey Badger as a student for a year now. It's time to pay up. I hope you want to do that, you know, or something. So I don't know, it may have been better to put them on a different plan in Stripe, and then we could have had a different trial kind of thing, you know, because like in Stripe, you can configure the trial period. And so our default trial period is like 15 days. So we actually had to like work around that if they had this particular coupon to not give them the trial expiring message that we usually give people. So maybe it would have been better if I actually would have created a different plan in Stripe and it could have had a year-long trial and then we could have had our normal kind of trial onboarding sequence happen. I don't know, but we have time to figure it out.
1: You know, that reminds me. Is it okay if I go off on a little tangent? Please. So you're talking about creating new plans. Yep. Like this is one thing that always struck me I don't know if there's a better way to do it but we have so many plans like in our database and dear dear listeners I'll tell you about this because if you go to our website and you look at our pricing page you will see a nice ordered like set of a couple plans that you can choose from but on the back end like this is like what our fourth or fifth revision of those plans at least and we don't like yeah and we gr- tend to grandfather people in so we've actually got version, we've got like several versions of each plan. Yeah, And then we've got like, we've got special like one-off versions of each plan. Like if a customer comes to us and they're going to pay us a lot of money and they want a special deal, we're not going to say no. So like Ben will go in and create like another plan. And I'm not saying this is like the wrong way to do things, but when it comes time to to like change a plan, it's kind of difficult. And I mean, if you're going to grandfather everybody in, like, I don't know if any other way to do it other than to keep the old plan stuff around, but I I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's become a bit of an operational burden, but it's not, you know, it's not something I'm crying over in my milk. But yeah, it's like uh, every time we, because we we do pricing experiments from time to time, and that's how we got those, you know, five or six or whatever versions is like, oh, let's create a new set of plans, you know, so it's like the Stripe ID is kind of like, you know, small V2 unlimited test, you know, (laughs) kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember um, a long time ago, I had to go in and we we originally were like looking up the plan by the plan name, which wouldn't work because we wanted to keep the same plan names but just like change the options of the plan, like the different parameters. And so, yeah, so I had to go in and make like real plan name, (laughs) you know, I was like, this is a a plan name, but this is like the real name that really defines a plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. and that's actually why I hesitated to create
0: a new plan for, for this offer and said, go with the coupon route. And so that was like the main consideration, I think. But the, on the other side, I'm kind of concerned, like, what is our churn going to look like in 10 months when these students stop using Honey Badger, right? Because they're effectively falling out of their trial, but it's not a trial because they've, they've been out of the trial for a year now that trial was only 15 days you see what i'm saying like it could really mess with our numbers so i'm, I'm trying to think through that and say well don't I need to change something between now and then
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point ideally we wouldn't really count them in turn because they're not really they're like on a completely separate track
0: maybe right yeah so something to figure out but you know we believe in just-in-time development here at honey badger so i don't have to figure it out for quite a while yet
1: well here's an option instead of writing that code that you were talking about that goes in and doesn't bill them for the past year maybe we just do bill them for the past year and we threaten to send them to collections and i know that when i was a student in college i didn't really understand how any of that worked so we might actually get some of them to be, some of them to be able to like pay up and we'll yeah i mean this is capitalism like i think we should, <laughs> we're we're way too we're way too honest about things <laughs> they're used to being in debt right i
0: mean they're students after all so Wouldn't be a surprise to get another collections call. That's true.
1: That's true. (laughs) I don't know. So let's see. We've got a couple other sort of efforts, maybe in the works, maybe not. Um, I've heard them talked about, but I don't think we've actually done them yet. And that is GitHub has like a marketplace too, which is different from the student pack. And also AWS has a marketplace. They do. And you know, we've been on the Heroku marketplace forever, almost since
0: day one. Right. And that's that's been a good source of customers for us. And so we've looked at doing the AWS marketplace and the GitHub marketplace to add on, basically, you know, having our brand, our product be in front of people when they go shopping for stuff at these marketplaces. Right. And that's the idea. The thing is, the reason we haven't done it yet is because every one of these marketplaces has a different way of interacting with your system and telling, you know, like, here's a new user that wants to sign up. And Here's how you build that user, right? Each one has their own way of doing it. And it's like, oh, I got to write yet another provisioning thing, right?
1: They don't want to standardize because they all want to own the space. They want everybody to use their standard, probably. Sure. Actually, they don't want other people to exist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they have their own opinions about how things should be. I mean, every developer does, right? So they say, well, we'll do it this way and you should follow that way. And that's great, except now we have to have three or four different ways to provision an account in our system.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and that's true for a lot of a lot of sort of these sort of affiliate or like partnership type plays where like we've had talks with other companies and stuff. It's like, oh, we should integrate our products. We can send customers to you and it'll make it, you know, more useful for our customers if they can link their error data or whatever. And it's like it's like, okay, that's great. We'll put like a developer on that for the next three months. And we, we don't really have that developer. So and also a lot of times the, the deals aren't really that sweet. You know, they're not really enticing enough for us to put a developer on it for months. It's like, okay, so like, we're just going to be there. We're going to be like a name amongst all of our competitors in your list. And we're probably not going to get any real signups. I don't know. I can be I can be too pessimistic about things like that. And I, I own that. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I think it's situational. Like for us, early on, we supported Heroku. Like GitHub Marketplace didn't exist yet. AWS marketplace, I don't think it existed or if it did, it wasn't really relevant to our audience. So Heroku really was the only option when we launched. And so we, we did launch, you know, early in our life cycle with Heroku marketplace. And that was a great way for us to get our early customers because we were unknown and that's how we got out some discovery. But as time has gone on, you know, we've been at this for more than seven years now, like the number of people coming to us through heroku is just decreased over time i mean we still have plenty of customers that have our service as an heroku add-on but it's definitely been on the decline for years now and uh, i think part of that is like you know we just we have enough brand out there aside from heroku that people just come to us you know through word of mouth or or through advertising or whatever they're not discovering us so much through heroku so you know if we were brand new i think it would be more of a priority for us to get on every marketplace under the sun, right? To get our, get our name out there some more.
1: Heroku seems to me like it was sort of a special case though, because it was everybody was getting on Heroku at the time and everybody was using Heroku extensions. Like, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, remember how years ago, everybody was like using Facebook apps and I know you developed a few Facebook apps yeah, for your clients when you're a, a contractor. <laughs> and yeah, but everything was going to be Facebook apps. Yeah. So the Heroku add-ons kind of remind me of that. I mean, they're actually a bit more useful than, than Facebook's app, apps, I feel. It's actually kind of a good user experience for some things. But yeah, so it just seemed like everybody sort of wanted to, to have this sort of thing where it's like you go to one place and you get your hosting and then you just press some buttons in that control panel and everything is, is set up for you already. That's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit, or maybe it's been replaced by, I don't know, like, it seems like people are more into like full on DevOps these days. And if they're going to go to one place, it's going to be AWS.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there's no, I don't think there's any right answer. So we have talked about adding for several, several months now, I talked about adding AWS marketplace and GitHub marketplace. And like you said, it's like, okay, that sounds interesting. And, could be useful to us, but we gotta put a developer on that, you know. And we just had other things to do. So, you know, I guess if someone is desperate for us to be on the GitHub marketplace so they can have their consolidated billing and they want to use Honey Badger there, yeah, reach out to us and let us know. But alternatively, we will be getting around to that eventually someday, because yeah, it's good to be out in various places. Why not?
1: You know? So let me just pitch an idea to you, okay, Ben. Honey badger marketplace. Yeah right you come to us you can purchase your AWS services through us we'll get a very reasonable cut and it'll be great we'll make lots of money totally
0: yeah we, yeah I have friends of the honey Badger program and then we'll sell credit card processing because that's where the real money is you know oh is it oh yeah you, you take you get that like two percent of that one percent of that transaction you know and man you can just make bank yeah ask me ask me how I know I have a friend that's in that business it's Pretty awesome actually
1: <laughs> really how do you get in the credit card processing business it's actually really easy because the credit card processors really that's, want that's kind of scary Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the way you said that oh it's easy yeah yeah <laughs> in
0: fact i still get actually i still get checks from when i was reselling credit card processing yeah they're not big checks
1: anymore oh, okay but, but yeah okay you're, so you're talking about reselling you're not talking about setting up a credit right. card processing <laughs> right. company yeah right right yeah being a reseller yeah it's a good line of business to be in. Oh, that's great! And so your friend does
0: your friend does well for himself? Oh yeah, he's done very well for himself. He was in the in the other early days. Um, he built a back when the iPhone launched. Basically, he built an app that you could use to run credit card transactions, and uh, this is before Square. And he found quite a successful business by selling that app to people who were like selling stuff at flea markets. You know, who needed a way to handle transactions on their mobile device. And he also set himself up as a as an affiliate for the credit card processing. So like he got a cut of their cut of each transaction. Right. So yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty sweet business. So yeah, we should totally do that. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's workshop that a bit. We'll do some we'll do some improv sketches around it and see what happens. Yeah, we're not gonna do that.
0: But uh, we did recently start kind of a, an affiliate kind of thing where we started having resellers. I I guess reseller might be a bit more more glamorous than than this program actually is, but we do have a very down low kind of referral system that we've been, I don't know, it's been, I don't know, four or five people, I think right now, or it's early days, but it's been interesting to see like people who get to make money off of us, right? That's kind of cool.
1: That is. So I think I remember like at lunch at MicroConf last year, you were talking with some people from some company, which I don't remember about that. Is this sort of like an outgrowth of uh, an outgrowth of that? Yeah. Yeah, that
0: was a, a, a interesting chat where they're talking about affiliate programs. We didn't actually end up going with a ready-made affiliate program because, I mean, we're developers. We had to build stuff, right? We built our own, but also we didn't want it to be something at least at the outset, something that was really big and that could like overwhelm us. <laughs> so we, we started off really small in both our own little thing, basically use, you know, sign up links. We have some affiliate tracking code that lets us know when someone has come through one of our affiliates. And then we just remit percentage of their monthly or annual billings back to that affiliate. It's pretty simple. It didn't take us too long to build that. And so far it's it's, we've had one who's done a Done well with it. Who's you know really worked at promoting those links and figuring out what works? We've had a couple others who've been showed lukewarm interest, and then one who's like, "Yeah, I'll do that," and then it's been radio silence since then. So it's an interesting experiment. So early, but we had you know we had new customers coming in because of at least one affiliate. So it's been interesting.
1: Well, that's exciting. It's like early days. So I guess if you if you really want to get on the ground level of this, I don't know. Send Ben flowers or something. Yeah, hit us up. Do you prefer flowers or like cakes or cookies or? I'm, I'm more of a chocolates kind of person, you know. You are. Yeah. Wait a second, but our new code of conduct says no bribery, doesn't it? <laughs> that
0: is true, but we can still accept gifts. I. Oh, we can that out. Ki- <laughs> Okay, yes. we're
1: like senators. We're like senators. as long <laughs> as there's no quid pro quo, it's okay. Do you, you
0: know? <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, I wrote our code of conduct this week. And as I was writing it, you know, I was using some examples from other people and their code of conduct, because I mean, who wants to write something from scratch, right? And what I found out there, they touch on like bribes, accepting and giving bribes and how you shouldn't accept, you know, uh, gifts from people that would influence your business decisions, like, you know, partnerships or vendors and that sort of thing, right? But as I was looking at this, ironically enough, considering our topic for today, I thought about the GitHub Marketplace work that I just did a few months ago because as a thank you, GitHub sent us like t-shirts, right? And so oh, yeah? yeah, so in the code of conduct, I made sure I did not say that you could not accept gifts because I mean, it's a t-shirt, right? You it's gotta a t-shirt. Terror.
1: It's not, you be able to accept a t-shirt. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're gonna sell us out for a t-shirt. No, no. So yes, we can still accept the t- gifts. <laughs> If you ever think about doing that, Ben, you just come to me because I've got some t-shirts that will just blow away anything GitHub could give you. I promise. Yes. Right. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll double their t-shirts. <laughs> I'll double the amount of t-shirts you get. You wear like a, a medium. Now you're going to get an extra large. <laughs> nice. I'll remember that. Let's see. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about marketing stuff before we sort of tease our RailsConf 2020 event? Ooh. No, I think I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, we've done other random
0: things in the past. We've tried all kinds of stuff, but you know, it's the things that we're trying now, or we'll see how they turn out.
1: We'll keep everybody up to date. Yeah, so we've got like an exciting RailsConf twenty twenty event. It's going to be in Portland, right? It is going to be in Portland, and we're not going to mention what it is because we're going to be those people. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. Um, But it's it's not going to be announced till it's announced. It's going to be announced. It's going to be a very Portland thing. So yes. if you live in Portland or spent time in Portland, you'll hear it and you'll be like, yeah, that's a pretty Portland thing. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had to do something special because Portland is one of our hometowns. Being a 100% remote company, we don't have just one hometown. We have multiple ones. And yeah, we thought we like, hey, Portland, RailsConf, yeah, we got to do something awesome. So if you are on the fence about whether you want to go to RailsConf, you should totally come because we're going to have something awesome.
1: Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of coming for full circle too in this nice this nice way because um, the first RailsConf I went to with y'all was in Portland and we didn't have the money to buy tickets so we just hung out in the <laughs> hallway and so it's ah. nice to like go and like like throw a little event for people. Yeah, that'd be great. That's yeah. gonna be nice. It's like see how far we've come.
0: <laughs> oh, better's growing up.
1: Yeah, so. Let's see. Other announcements. We are always looking for developers who are interested in writing for us. And for more information on that, check out our blog and the, the sort of header. There should be a link. I said there was a link last week and I, I really thought I put a link there, but I guess I didn't deploy it or something. So because the link isn't there. Maybe somebody took it away to, to gaslight me. But yeah, it'll be there. Yeah. If you like this show, please go onto your favorite podcast place and review it. And, you know, if you want to say who your favorite Honey Badger person is, that's that's all right. We're not going to stop you. Um, we're not going to, like, nobody's going to be mad at you if, if like, we lose an office pool. So, all right. So I guess that's it. Anything you want to add, Ben? Always a pleasure, Star. Thunder Request is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation. 360 degree coverage of errors outages and service degradations for your web apps if you have a web app you need it available at honeybadger.io want more from the founders go to founderquestpodcast.com that's one word you can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive vip content FounderQuest is available on itunes spotify and other purveyors of fine podcasts we'll see you next week